1: It's Monday, May 2nd.
0: From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV download presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Learn how Steamfitters can benefit your business at steamfitters-602.org. Here
1: are the stories we're working on today. A Maryland man faces 10 years to life in prison without parole as he's accused of moving more than a ton of weed between California and Maryland. Law 360 senior cannabis reporter Sam Reisman tells us why this drug dealer's federal trial is significant.
2: You don't hear very much about federal prosecutors going after cannabis crimes anymore.
0: And can the commanders turn the team around with their new name? We get a post-draft report on Washington's picks from WTOP's George Wallace.
2: I'm going thumbs up.
0: It was a different strategy.
1: Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty.
0: And I'm Luke Garrett. The federal trial begins today for a Maryland man who was indicted on allegations he sold marijuana and trafficked it from California back to Maryland over a two-year span. Jonathan Wall, who has been in a Maryland Supermax prison in Baltimore since July 2020, is alleged to have moved 1,000 kilograms between two states where the laws about weed differ.
1: Sam Reisman with Law 360 joins us now on Zoom to explain why this trial of an accused drug dealer is getting so much national attention. You know, it really comes down to the law itself. Um, Sam, just to get some background on this, tell us about this case. Who is Jonathan Wall? Jonathan Wall.
2: Sure, Jonathan Wall is a 27-year-old man from Maryland who was indicted in 2019 of conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute marijuana. Specifically, he is alleged to have shipped thousands of pounds of marijuana from California to Maryland.
1: And Sam, we're not talking about a small amount of marijuana here. How much is No, there- this is
2: a- allegedly thousands of pounds of marijuana. And I think that's important to keep in mind that even as as we're talking about, you know, marijuana being legalized in so many states this sort of activity is still illegal, even at the state level, these bulk shipments and shipping marijuana sort of outside of the state regulated uh, regime. So that, you know, that that, I think that's something.
0: And there's a lot of attention on this case, not only because of, you know, this allegation of shipping thousands of pounds of marijuana, but also because the sentences, you know, potential sentence of 10 years to life without the possibility of parole. I mean, that's that's high. So why is this case so significant?
2: I think it's significant because you don't hear very much about federal prosecutors going after cannabis crimes anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's not because cannabis is legal at the federal level. It's not, obviously. But historically, most enforcement of cannabis laws has happened at the state level. But since states began legalizing it for recreational use in 2012, the Department of Justice has basically maintained a hands-off posture. They have basically said, as long as companies and people are compliant with their state cannabis laws and they aren't breaking other laws like yeah, money laundering or selling to kids. The DOJ will not use its resources to go after them. So the fact that uh, you know a man is on trial for you know potentially a decade or more for shipping marijuana is is significant. I think this case is a bit of an outlier, and honestly, it's a bit of a throwback to have a trial for federal cannabis crimes in the year twenty twenty two.
1: Um, Speaking to that, I found an op-ed that uh, Wall wrote for a publication called Truth Out, and he said in it, I know what you're thinking, how can it be that the punishment for selling weed is so severe, especially in this day and age with widespread decriminalization and cannabis medicinally or recreationally legal in the majority of states and territories that make up this country? You're quite justified in your skepticism. I think that kind of speaks to what you were saying. It was this hands-off posture, and a lot of eyes are on this case nationally because of this, right, because it's such an outlier.
2: Yeah, I think as as more and more states change their laws to legalize or decriminalize cannabis, and there's more and more momentum growing at the federal level on on both sides of the aisle to change our federal cannabis laws, it does raise this issue and does create this this dissonance of whether it's still kind of appropriate to use, you know, federal resources to uh, prosecute a person for doing what other companies, large companies, some even publicly traded companies are already doing.
0: And what's also interesting is you reported on this last week, a Maryland Mm -hmm. federal judge ruled in the prosecution's favor, barring any discussion of marijuana legalization during the trial, which is what we're kind of discussing now. So how does that really play out in the coming days as this trial really begins?
2: This is a new phenomenon, I think. It's at least the second time that a federal judge has ruled this way. Uh, The judge in Jonathan Wall's case pointed to a decision from last October where the Fourth Circuit ruled similarly, but that decision wasn't published, which means it doesn't have the force of law. This is new territory. I think it'll be interesting if there are more federal trials of cannabis crimes, whether other judges will rule similarly, basically saying, yes, cannabis legalization is a fact that we're living with, but it's not admissible in this trial, and it can't be used uh, as a way to you know help paint your defendant in a, in a better light, because the federal laws are still the federal laws um i think it'll be interesting to see if other judges rule this way i think it'll be interesting to see how this trial plays out because yeah that federal state dissonance with respect to cannabis policy it's a it's a it's a strange little friction that everyone who works in the industry kind of has to deal with but most of them are not you know sitting in a supermax detention facility Uh, staring at a potential decade of incarceration.
1: Or more, that's right. Sam Reisman with Law360, thank you for your time. This uh, trial just started, so today is jury selection, expected to go about five days. So maybe we'll catch up with you or at least watch what this turns out to be at the end of the week.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Coming up, Washington already has a quarterback, so why did they draft another one? We'll hear what guided Commander's Coach Ron Rivera
1: If you want to save money and grow profits on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project, go with the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. You can trust the experience of its workforce, members who have expertise in heating, air conditioning, refrigeration, and process piping to deliver work that's on time and on budget. For a partner you can trust who's mutually focused on your bottom line and to schedule, contact Steamfitters Local 602 at steamfitters-602.org. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download Podcast.
0: Megan and I do this show all on our own, and we appreciate you making us a part of your day. If you like the show or have a suggestion, let us know by leaving a review or rating the show.
1: Both of those things help us get better and help us grow our audience. Thanks again.
3: The Washington Commanders select Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State.
0: And that's Commissioner Roger Goodell there announcing the first ever draft pick with the new commander moniker. And with selections now over, it's time to take a look at where the burgundy and gold stand.
1: And we've got WTOP Sports Director George Wallace here to tell us where things lie with post-draft commanders. George, okay, just to start this off, thumbs up or thumbs down on this draft pick for the commanders?
3: Uh, I think I'm going thumbs up. It was a different strategy nice. this year for Washington. How and so? Look, and How so? Look, well, it's they drafted for need- and to win right now because usually you draft guys and you develop them two, three, four years down the road. But Ron Rivera knows he has to win now. This is year three. So Mm. he drafted some of the guys for positions of need and guys that are supposedly ready to step in and play right now. So you're going to see a lot of these guys on the field immediately. They didn't spend a lot of money in free agency because they spent all the money on Carson Wentz. So they had to go (laughs) get guys Mm. that are ready to play. And we'll see. I mean, look, you can't judge – it. you can't grade a draft – until two or three years down the road. That's right. just, you know, pe- people think they can grade it. Oh, I give these guys... Hey, you have no idea. Right. Nobody has any idea. And so what holes were really filled? Uh, well, wide receiver first, drafting Dotson first. You get a running back in Robinson because they lost Peyton Barber. And then their Mathis for um, defensive line because Matt Ioannidis is gone mm. and they're not going to extend to Ron Payne. So they draft him to kind of play immediately. Those guys are going to all play right away. And then... For me, the most intriguing pick was the quarterback, Sam Howell of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's a no threat right now to Carson Wentz because he's just a he's a, he's a third string right now. Sit back, develop, and learn. I mean, look, they had this guy Howell last year uh, talked about potentially being a top five pick in the draft oh, this wow. year. So they say once it fell, once he fell to them. They had
1: to jump on it. That's kind of disappointing for him, though. I mean, definitely. You thought you're going to be like this all-star pick, and right. then you go to a team, <laughs> and you're not even starting. No,
3: and it's he, he had a down year last year, mm. uh, but that was at North Carolina. But that wasn't all his fault. A lot of lot of guys graduated. He lost a lot of his offensive weapons. They were just not that good.
1: Carson Wentz had a down year last year as well. Yes, he did. <laughs> I'm just saying.
3: Yes, he did. Carson Wentz had a well. Couple down years. So <laughs> right. that's why and look, and the Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, when they drafted Jalen Hurts, he kind of pouted a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you're drafted my replacement. So here, Ron Rivera gave Carson Wentz a heads up, say, look, we're drafting a quarterback. You're still our guy. Mm. It's a developmental guy. Let's not freak out. Right. And so Carson Wentz really determined who Ron Rivera picked this draft, would you say? Oh yeah. Because with Carson Wentz, the trade they made and the amount of money they're invested in him. In simple terms, they're not restructuring Carson Wentz's contract to free up other money to sign other free agencies. Right. They're going yeah. all in. So what that means is they can get out of this deal after this year if things go sideways with Carson Wentz. Right. They've paid his money, and they won't owe him a thing after this year. If it goes down the tubes, they can cut him. They can move on. Wow. So that being said, they didn't have much money to spend in free agency, so they didn't. And it's, it's well-documented. They, they all say it. Martin Mayhew, the general manager, Ron Rivera said it. Look— That dictated how much we were able to spend in free agency, and they didn't spend much. So they had to go to the draft to get guys, hopefully, ready to play. Okay,
1: so I think every time I've ever heard about a draft, everyone's disappointed, no matter what you get. So there's got to be some cracks still left in this team.
3: As far as on the field position-wise,
1: you mean? I mean, sure, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't talking about the front office.
3: Well, that's a whole other story. Uh, (laughs) We don't have time for that. Um, Well, the front office is okay. It's just above the front office is where the problems are.
1: Um, (laughs) I've heard that, too. Or the (laughs) highest of the front
3: offices. The football side's okay right now. I think they still need safety help on the defensive side. You could still argue they need a linebacker, offensive line. So not all the holes were filled, mm-hmm. but they did get guys to kind of fill some holes that were vacated this offseason. And the one thing I will say about this draft, it's not from what, everything I've heard, like the Dwayne Haskins thing a couple years ago, the owner wanted Dwayne Haskins, the football people did not. Mm. Here you had the football people in Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, those guys are making the call. From what I understand, there were no phone calls from the owner saying I need this 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 guy. Hmm. So That's an improvement. Now, let, <laughs> isn't it amazing that we have to ju- that's like a huge deal that you, that shouldn't even be It's a, a hurdle. It shouldn't even passed, be yeah. it shouldn't even be a topic. It shouldn't even be a conversation. Yeah. But
1: but that's the reality of it this is team. Here,
3: yes. And so it's looking like this next year is gonna be
0: quite consequential. You know, Carson Wentz, the pressure's on him, obviously. Oh yeah. And Ron Rivera, it's his third year to
3: really develop and rebuild This team. No doubt. that is, And that's why they attacked the draft this way, I think, because he knows he has to win. He said it multiple times, year three, I expect to, and we have to take a step forward. Mm. I mean, they got to win 10 games. You can't keep going seven and nine again, because then you're going to go and you're going to start this process all over again. You have a new coach who's going to come in and not like the quarterback, not like some of these draft picks. (laughs) You start Uh, all over. We've seen it forever.
1: I was going to say, we're used to that song and dance. Right, right,
3: right, right. right. But there has
1: to be more pressure even – more so because of the whole rebranding, new name, like yeah. let's come out our first year and have a winning team, right? I oh, mean, yeah. beyond just the new quarterback.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's a whole new look. You can and I've had this discussion with people. This for me, it feels like an expansion franchise. Everything is new. I never thought I'd say that, being from around here, but mm. everything's new. But Ron Rivera, when he got here a few years ago, he didn't sign up for any of this, right? Anything that's going on in the, in the, the <laughs> no, front yeah. office and nothing, none, of none of it. The name changed, like the whole deal. Uh-huh. So that's none of his fault. But the on-the-field stuff is he has to get right now. This is year three. And in the NFL, we've seen teams go from four wins to the playoffs. It's easy to fix, a year fix in the NFL. So you don't have time now to draft guys, stash them for three or four years. Mm-hmm. They have to play.
1: George Wallace with the optimism. Basically, you're saying we could go well, from last year's oh, yeah. record to becoming a playoff team. I'm not saying they're going team. to win
3: 10 games. Uh, I'm so just that's giving, not what I heard. I'm giving... <laughs> <laughs> I said they have to win ten games. <laughs> they I must didn't say they're going to win ten games. <laughs> Distinctions. Uh, we don't know the schedule yet. But um well you have to somewhat be optimistic. Yeah, you, ha- well, you, you right. have to. I mean look, it's they have pieces here, they have playmakers. Now you just need to give Carson Wentz the weapons, which hopefully they've addressed, to get this offense going. The defense, look, they read a lot of their press last year and just came out and stunk up the joint. So you expect them to come back with a different attitude this year, too. Because mm-hmm. they should be a lot better defensively. All right. Well, thanks for giving us the latest. Don't hold me to the 10 wins.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Making my hold you. I'm trying to break some news here, George.
3: <laughs> this week wins 10 games. That's, that's breaking news.
1: <laughs> George Wallace, thanks for your time. And Luke, before we go, I have to know, how was your trip surfing in California?
0: Well, I'm here. I made it. <laughs> All right.
1: Thank God.
0: The red eye was seamless. Every flight change I had, I was like, "Please don't get delayed," and it didn't. And I made it on time.
1: I mean, th- that is, I am so happy for you. But I was genuinely like, yeah. is there going to be any kind of like issue?" But I
0: think this is hour 18, and I'm I'm cruising. We're doing <laughs> fine. The surfing was so regenerative, and it was good.
1: Also, your cold's almost gone because you got all that ocean water That's up true. in your up in your sinuses. Yes,
0: yeah. But I did get a little sunburn.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. You can't see it on my face. Well, maybe you can. You're but, a little redder. A little red, yeah. But my feet got scorched, just totally burned. Oh. I mean, just like lobsters, lobster I hate feet.
1: that. People always forget to put sunscreen on their feet, but I'm Irish, so I literally just bathe in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good call.
1: I burn very easily.
0: That's a good call. Yeah, and it's actually Monday today. And dermatologists actually call it melanoma Monday because, you know, it's really important to remember to, like, put sunscreen on. That's what I was kind of telling myself. I was like, oh, it's just a burn. It's whatever. In college, I'd get burned all the time. Yeah. But now I'm like, ah, oh, I should probably take this a little more seriously.
1: And just to freak people out even more, I mean, you can get melanoma when you're, like, in your 20s. Yeah. I mean, it's not a it's not a thing that takes a long time. I mean, it, it can happen, so.
0: Get your skin checks with your dermatologist and uh, wear that sunscreen. It's important. Yeah. And it's cool. Wearing sunscreen is cool. <laughs> All right.
1: Finally, I'm justified. (laughs) Well, that does it for us today on the DMV Download, sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. This show is produced by me, Megan Cloherty.
0: And me, Luke Garrett. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World.
1: Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. You can find out more about the show and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com.
0: DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and on the WTOP News app. Have a great night, everyone.